This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 157. Hello, veterinary friends. Welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. I hope your January is going beautifully and that you're working on making it your best year yet. This podcast will piggyback on the last two that we've done. So if you did the exercise that I, the exercises that I outlined for you on the last two podcasts, you'll be ready to continue this work. If you didn't, don't despair. This podcast can be completely taken on its own and you can work on the things that we're going to talk about without having gone through those other two exercises. But I think the other two exercises are great to kind of get you in the headspace that you need to be in in order to work to start setting goals. There's always time to start. And there's always time to learn from what we did and didn't do yesterday. So don't beat yourself up if you haven't started working on your goals yet for January. There is always time. Last week, I told you that it takes work to create something amazing in your life. And you can either just let time pass you by or you can vow to build on things that you want and get what you want by planning and by working. So I truly believe that and I want to bring that idea across to you. So with that in mind, today I want to talk about why we want to set goals and how we go about setting goals, but more importantly, how do we stick to those goals and really affect change. I want you to reach all of your goals and if I can help you in any small way, then that would make my life worth work worthwhile and my work amazing. So I'm really excited to do this today. I want you to be the best veterinarian, the best parent, friend, spouse, or whatever it is that you want to do. I want you to be the best and I want you to feel the best um, because we only get this short period here to work on our life. And so I want you to take all the tools that I've learned and anything else I can do to help you do that. So Last week and the week before, we started working on self-reflection and we answered some questions and then we expanded on those questions. This week, I want to take all that information that you compiled by answering those questions and turn it into specific goals so we can start to break it down and work on it. But before we get into that, I want you to seriously consider doing some life coaching this year and understanding how it works and what it can do for you. I have some spots available on my calendar for a free introductory coaching. So you can go to my website, juliecapel.com or veterinarylifecoach.com and sign up for that. If you have some goals that you want to work on after I do this podcast, I can help you stick to them and continue your work to make them a reality. I offer six-week coaching packages, and I also have a discounted rate for students or technicians or other team members in the practice. So if you've never tried life coaching, now's your chance to do it. If you have any questions or you're too shy to do a Zoom call with me, send me an email at jacapeldvm at gmail.com, and I would be happy to talk to you that way about it. Also, I am heading to the VMX this week in Orlando. So if you hear this podcast before the VMX, 
um, look for me because I'd love to meet you. I would love to talk to you and answer any questions that you have about what it is that I do. Okay, so let's get into this podcast. So in order to actually get things done, you have to break these goals down, especially all the ideas you came up with with those questions that I asked you last week. You actually need to work on focusing all those things into some concrete actions or concrete goals. And so you've always heard people talk about SMART goals. And um, I love that framework. I really do think it's useful. I adjust it a little bit for the way I see goal setting, but I'm going to use that a little bit on this podcast to help you break down these things into specific SMART goals. If you haven't heard of that term before, I'll go over it briefly. And the idea about SMART goals, S-M-A-R-T goals, was something that is commonly attributed to Peter Drucker. And so these terms are used to make things more clear and help you break down goals into actual um, things that are attainable. And the letters S-M-A-R-T stand for specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. Now, there's also some other ways to look at it. The S, even though it stands for, for specific, can also be simple and sensible or even significant. So that S can kind of be adjusted depending on your philosophy. Measurable can also be meaningful or motivated. Achievable can be attainable. Relevant can be reasonable or realistic. Um, Results-based, you know, so there's a lot of different ways to look at this word or this acronym. And then time-bound, time-based, time-limited. Um, I like to use my timer, so sometimes I use the T for that. So anyway, I'm going to kind of break this podcast down into those chunks to make it a little bit easier to understand. But before we get into the SMART, the first thing that I want you to do is list all the things that you want, all the goals that you want to create this year. And that can be a huge list if you want. When you sit down to write it, let your mind kind of be free. Try to think of things that you might be a little bit afraid to achieve or that you might think are a little bit impossible. Now, you can use this exercise to work on anything. Weight loss, achievements, if there's some CE that you want to do this year, if you want to become certified in a certain area of veterinary medicine, if you want to create goals about exercise or Uh, books that you want to read. There's a lot of ways to use this exercise. Um, Better balance, uh, cleaner house, (laughs) anything that you want to do. So let your mind be free when you're making a list of goals. Doesn't necessarily mean they all are going to be accomplished in the first month of this year or even in the whole year. I like to do a goal setting dream exercise for myself for the month, for the year, for the next five years, for the next 10 years, anything that you can do to focus in what you want and then start to break it down into achievable steps is going to help you move forward quicker and more efficiently in your life. So for today's purposes only, I want you to stick to your goals for the year, but be feel free to branch out. And then I encourage you to continuously re-evalu- reevaluate your wants and your needs So when you feel as if you're not going in the direction that you would like, go back to this exercise 
and reset your goals and rework your goals. Remember that life is work and you have to do work to create the life that you want. And so constantly going back when something doesn't seem to work out or when you, you know, you failed, you, you know, went off your diet, the worst thing you can do is quit. Just go back and start over. So now take this long list of things that you just listed out if you did it um, or when you do it. Look at that list and then pick the one that you want the most. Which thing have you always wanted to do and you've not done yet? Maybe which thing is your highest priority? Maybe this year you want to get more balance in your life. So pick that one. I like to separate this big long list into my top priority and then one to 10 down from there. But however you want to do it, pick a priority. Because what we have to do is get one goal fleshed out and then you can go on to the second one. So look at your number one priority on your list. And I'm going to use one of my goals. It's not probably not my top priority this year, but it is one of my goals this year as an example. So as we work through this, that I will be able to kind of talk you through it. So my example is I want to have read at least 12 coaching or self-help books and create 12 lessons from those books by the end of 2022. In order to make this goal smart and specific, I'm going to actually have to pick the books that I want to read, which I won't name here. But anyway, that would be part of making my goal specific. So once you have your specific goal, you need to determine your motivation or your why. Why do you want to do this? Because if you don't have a very compelling reason for working towards the result or the goal that you're working towards, you'll not feel compelled to work on it when things get rough. So if we look at my book goal as the example, my why, my motivation, can't just be that I think it would be cool to read 12 books or that I just want to. It has to be more compelling than that. I might say something like, I will read 12 important self-development and coaching books in order to improve my coaching business and add new ideas and techniques to my coaching skills. So that goal has a much stronger why to me than just I want to read 12 books. So take your goal and really think about why it is that you want this result that you've decided to get. So the next step would be the M in the SMART goal, which is M is for motivation, um, M is for measurable, M is for a lot of different things. Um, But I like the motivation part of it before I get to the measurable because it kind of goes along with that why. Why do you want the goal, okay? So you have to have a motivation. And then the measurable part of it is going to be what, what are you going to accomplish? In my goal, 12 books in 12 months is pretty easy. That's pretty measurable. Either I do it or I don't. If you have a goal about weight loss, that's pretty easy to measure. If you have a goal about like work-life balance or something that's a little bit less concrete, you need to get something in that goal that's going to allow you to measure it. So if work-life balance is your goal and you want to create more of it, what does that mean to you? Why do you want to create it? And then what does that mean? Does that mean I want to work less? Or does that mean I want to feel better when I'm not at work? 
or I want to not focus on work when I'm at home. You have to have a really strong idea of what that means. You can even say, I want to create more balance by allowing myself to take one day off a week and do whatever I want and not work or something like that. So it's a little bit harder when the goal isn't super easy to measure, but you still need to have some measurement of how you're going to get there so you can break it down and that you will also know when you get there. Because if you don't have some way to measure it, how will you know when you get there? Now, the next step in the SMART goal creation is, is the goal attainable? And I struggle a little bit with this attainable word or achievable, whatever, whatever A word you want to use. But it basically means, is it something that I can do? And I think that's a little fuzzy, right? Because I'm of the opinion that you should always create at least one goal for yourself that is a little bit scary or it scares you a little or even a lot. One that pushes you out of your comfort zone. I know that if I set really easy peasy goals, that it doesn't feel as great as if I set a hard goal, something that I think I can't do, and then I actually do it. So the, the most exciting things that I've done over my lifetime are when I've accomplished things that I really didn't believe at the beginning that I could do. Um, the breast cancer three-day walk. That's 60 miles of walking. Well, when someone asked me to do that, I thought, oh, I can't do that. But then when I set the goal and I broke it down and I decided to work towards it, it was attainable. Those kind of goals feel so great when you get to the end of them. So if you have a goal to make so much money or pay off your debt or something that feels really impossible, that's something that you should push towards. And so when you get to this attainable word in the SMART goals, stretch a little push yourself a little bit. Those are the goals that are really fun when you get to the end, really exciting. So the next step in the process kind of goes along with the measurable and maybe the attainable too, is to break the result or break the goal down into small specific action steps. Anything that you'll need to do or steps that you'll need to take to achieve it. And the steps have to be very specific really try to break down the goal. I also like to think about how the steps will be achieved and how I expect that I'll face obstacles with the steps. So for example, when I decided to start my podcast, that goal sounded impossible to me because I had no idea how to record a podcast. I didn't know how to get it out into the world. I didn't know how to um, set up my computer or the microphone. I didn't know anything. And so when I decide I want to start a podcast, my brain says, well, you don't know what the baby steps are. You don't know how to do that. And so when you're providing these baby steps for yourself and a goal that you don't really understand, some of the baby steps are going to be find out what kind of microphone is best to use. Find out where you post a podcast online to get it distributed to the masses. Find someone, someone that can edit sound or write music or all the things that you don't know how to do. Part of your baby steps is then learning how to do it. If you're setting a monetary goal and you don't know anything about investing or you don't know anything about paying off debt and you really want to set this money goal, 
then you may have to talk to somebody that knows how to do that, somebody that can advise you. So part of your baby steps are, are going to involve scheduling time to meet with a financial planner or call someone that knows how to do this to help teach you. So when you're creating goals, that attainable word will sometimes hold you back. But when you're scheduling your baby steps, you can schedule in the things that you don't know, if that makes sense. Now then, when you know that there will be obstacles, the other thing you want to do is kind of over schedule a little bit. So if you don't get something done in the allotted time on your schedule, one of your baby steps, that you have another time to accomplish it. So what I mean by that is if I was going to read my books and I decided I wanted to read one hour a day, I might also schedule myself another hour in the day of downtime or my free time that I've already scheduled to take care of myself as a backup plan for reading. So basically what that would look like is in my schedule, I have two hours of free time in the evening. But if I don't get my hour-long reading done in the morning, one of those free hours in the evening is going to be spent reading in order to make up for the obstacle that I came across earlier in the day. So if someone interrupts me or the phone rings and my kids call or someone asks me to do something and I, it's during my reading time and I can't get out of it, then I need some other way to accomplish this goal. And that leads us into the last step in goal setting, and that's the T for time, right? And I'm already kind of talking about that, but you have to set the goal and you have to give it a time. You have to give it a completion time. I want to have it done by X, you know, days or X weeks or X years. So in my case, it's within a year. If you're trying to lose weight, it might be I want to lose five pounds a month or whatever the goals are. They need to have some time. Now, this one is kind of tricky for me because I'm kind of the person that likes to fly by the seat of my pants. I like to be open and flexible. I like to drop everything when someone asks me to do something. I don't want to miss out. I have that, you know, fear of missing out all the time. And that comes from my personality. I'm one of those um, ENFJs that wants to kind of be involved in everything. And that's a personality trait of mine. And it really affects my ability to set and keep goals. And because I know this about myself, I really need to be solid on my goals and the timing. Because if I don't have it solidly on the calendar, I'll likely either forget about it and I'll just, you know, five days will go by and I'll be like, oh yeah, I, th I was supposed to be reading. Or I'll just find something more fun to do. So I like to take my weekly schedule and put all the things on it that are most important. Your self-care, your relaxation time, your exercise time, your downtime, your work. Obviously, you have to put that on your schedule. And then with the time left, if depending on the goal, you need to schedule in the actual baby steps of your goal. And you really need a time frame for everything. Now, when you're coming up with your baby steps, sometimes you don't know how long things are going to take, right? So if I'm trying to learn how to record a podcast and I have to investigate microphones, I don't know if that takes five minutes or two hours. I really don't. I don't know how long it's going to take to record a podcast. I don't know how to set up the computer. How long is that going to take for me to learn? So sometimes you just have to spitball it and set, up, set aside 30 minutes or an hour to do something. And if it takes less time, 
then bonus, you have another half hour that you can use for the second baby step. Or if it takes longer, then you can bump it out into your free time or bump it out into the next day of your baby steps. So make sure there's a time frame. But if you don't really know how long it's going to take, set that time up anyway. Just guess. And then I like to set timers and hold myself responsible to that time. Because otherwise, I get distracted, I look at my phone, I won't stay as focused unless I know that time is ticking. So I like to set a timer for myself. And then you need to commit to, to the time frame of the accomplishment. If you don't have the commitment, you're just going to eventually stop doing it, right? So the last step, and it's not part of the SMART goal thing, is the commitment. You have to be committed to the goal. And you have to understand that your brain will try to pull you off track. And that's when we go back to examining your thoughts, trying to figure out what's going on for you. If you start to feel anxious when you go to work on your goal, understand it. Understand that anxiety is going to come up. Your brain's going to fight with you. It wants to you know, find the path of least resistance. That's normally what we want to do. And so in order to continue to push towards the goals, even when you fail, you have to have a very strong commitment. I feel the best way to approach commitment is to go back to your why. Why do you want this? And also think about how you'll feel when you get it done. Now, sometimes when you set goals, the motivation is how you'll feel if you don't get it done. When I committed to a 50-mile bike ride with my friends and I told them I would do it, there was just no way I wasn't going to do it because I wouldn't back out from that commitment that I made. And so sometimes those goals are easy to keep because you promised somebody something, right? But if you promised yourself, it's very much the same. And a lot of times we'll cop out on ourselves. We'll let ourselves down. And then once we miss a goal or we don't do something that we said we'll do or we you know, abandon our commitment, then we just give up. So the key is, even if you don't do what you said you were going to do, that you re-up and commit to do it again tomorrow. And then when you're tempted to let yourself down, remind yourself of why you're doing it. You're pushing through, feeling uncomfortable. You're pushing through, setting the goal because of the way it's going to feel at the end. One of the most interesting things I heard a life coach say was that we do everything to get to a feeling. And I really do believe that's true. That in order to feel that sense of accomplishment, in order to feel proud of yourself, in order to feel the debt paid off, or in order to just say, I did something cool, that's what it's all about. It's that feeling at the end. So if you can create that feeling at the end ahead of time while you're working on the goal, that's going to do all the things to help you get your brain in the right mindset to work on those goals. It's all about the mind games, right? It's all about convincing ourselves that the result is more important than the pain that we're going through to get to the goal. And that's why we have a hard time committing to exercise goals because they're painful. That's why we have a hard time losing weight. That's why we have a hard time doing anything because when we're doing them, it's uncomfortable. And the way you get it is you just keep pushing through that uncomfortable feeling and staying committed to yourself. 
So I've know we, I know that we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I thought I'd just go quickly through, very quickly through, ways to help you stay committed. Because really, you're not going to accomplish any goal, even if you put it in the SMART format, if you can't stay committed. So I'm just going to quickly go through these steps. You want to set the goal, which is what we talked about just now, and then commit to the process. And that involves part of your why. And we talked about that a little bit. You need to plan, which is part of the timing process and putting it on your calendar. And then this one I think is really interesting. You need to avoid the need to feel like doing it. So many times we say, oh, I'm tired. I don't feel like it. Um, I just did it last night. I was supposed to go to tap class and I was like, oh, I don't feel like it. It's cold. I had a long day at work. I don't feel like it. Let go of that. You don't have to feel like it. Commitment sometimes means that you have to do things that you don't feel like doing because it's not a commitment if you don't do it or if you have to feel like it. There's so many things that I have to do every day that I don't feel like doing. I don't feel like taking my dogs outside because when it's cold. I don't feel like feeding them twice a day. I don't feel like brushing my teeth. I don't feel like making my bed. There's so many things that we may not want to do because we don't feel like it, but we do it anyway. So realize that you don't have to feel like something in order to do it. Sometimes it helps to tell somebody that you are going to do something. That does help me because I'm really competitive. So if I tell someone I'm going to ride, you know, 20 miles, no matter what, I'm going to do it, even if I'm fainting and falling off my bike, you know. So telling people will sometimes help. It doesn't mean you have to because really when you set a goal, you're telling yourself. And who's more important than you? But it does help sometimes with certain goals to tell other people. So if you think that that will be helpful, then do it. There are goals that if you tell other people that you want to do them, then they're going to discourage you. So sometimes telling someone else about your goals will be returned with discouragement or people will doubt you. And if that's going to pull you away from that goal, then maybe don't tell anyone. Maybe just go out and do it. And the last thing I'm going to say about commitment is if you're really struggling and all of these things are difficult for you, just know that it happens with all of us and that setting any big goal, any big scary goal is a struggle. People that have accomplished great things are also people that have worked through fear and worked through their own doubts and their self-doubt. So don't think that you're the only one that goes through this when you set goals. Everyone does. And when you get to the end of the goal, many times the reward is just in the fact that you did it. But you can also along the way give yourself little rewards if that helps keep you motivated. So remember that if you spend an hour working on a goal that you're working on and then you've promised yourself that if you focus for that hour, then you're going to take a break and go on social media or take a walk or whatever it is that feels rewarding to you, you can do that. You can set yourself up some little rewards. Just remember that when you're setting goals, commitment is about what you get done. We all have good intentions. I do this 
frequently. I say, I should do this. I should do that. I want to do this. I want to do that. And until you actually work on it and achieve it, it's just talk. You have to show your commitment by doing it and following through. It's an action word, right? It's something that you have to do, not that you have to talk about. Okay, so if you thought about some things that you want to accomplish this year, yay for you. Get it going on it. Write it down. Start working on it. Use all these steps that, steps that we've talked about today to get things done. I would really love to hear about it. So if you have a big goal that you want to share with me and I can help you uh, keep you accountable, I would love to help you with that. So send that to me in an email. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and give me a five-star review. And before I leave you, let me read you a couple of quotes because you know I love to do that. The first one is by Jim Rohn. And it says, motivation is what gets you started. Commitment is what keeps you going. And the second one is from Marsha Weeder. And it says, commitment leads to action. Action brings your dream closer. And isn't that true? Even if you get your dream a little bit closer every week, every month, every year, you are progressing. So I would encourage you to keep that motivation going. So get some things done this week. Let me know how it goes. And I'll talk to you again next week. Have a beautiful week. Bye.